0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our consideration this morning is the Gospel lesson, John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. We read in Jesus' name. Three days later, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. Jesus' mother was there jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding when the wine was gone jesus mother said to him they have no more wine jesus said to her woman what does that have to do with you and me my time has not come yet his mother said to the servants do whatever he tells you six stone jars which the jews use for ceremonial cleansing were standing there, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus told them, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then He said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did. When the master of the banquet tasted the water that had now become wine, he did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew The master of the banquet called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when the guests have had plenty to drink, then the cheaper wine. You saved the good wine until now. This, the beginning of his miraculous signs, Jesus performed in Cana of Galilee. He revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father we have come into your presence to hear your word so that we too might believe in Jesus reveal his glory to us today that we may repent of our sins and turn to him as the Savior pour out your spirit upon us and cause us to be changed and to believe in him We ask this in His name. Amen. In Christ Jesus, dear fellow redeemed, is consuming alcohol a sin? Christians are divided in their opinions over the answer to that question. Some say, yes, consuming alcohol is a sin. Some say, no, consuming alcohol is not a sin. Those that have the opinion that it's not a sin will often cite the miracle before us this morning. They reason that if it is sinful to consume alcohol, then Jesus sinned, When he made water turn into wine to be consumed at a wedding. Jesus did not sin. Therefore, it must not be sinful to consume alcohol. They reason that this miracle reveals that it's not sinful to consume alcohol. This miracle, however, reveals something far greater than whether alcohol is sinful or not to consume. It reveals Jesus' glory. The water and wine revealed Jesus' glory as the Son of God. And as we consider that theme this morning, there's two points that we're going to take up. The first is that Jesus' will rules all things. And the second, that Jesus' disciples believed in Him. Now, before we get into the main part of the sermon, I do want to clarify something. The debate over whether the consumption of alcohol is sinful or not has nothing to do about what the bible says about drunkenness the bible is very clear that the misuse of alcohol and drunkenness is a sin so back to the theme water and wine reveals jesus glory his will rules all things What was the miracle? So the setting is a wedding at Cana and Mary came to Jesus telling him that they've run out of wine and eventually Jesus tells the servants to fill the six jar or six jars used for ceremonial washing with water. He then told the servants to draw it out and take it to the master of the banquet. At some point, between when they put the water in the jars and when the master of the banquet tasted it, it was turned into wine. The water became wine. This wasn't a trick. Jesus didn't somehow, subtly by sleight of hand, get wine into those jars and the water out. The text is specific that it says the water that became wine. So Jesus miraculously turned the water into wine. There was a change, a miraculous change. So that's what the miracle is. The next question is, how? How did Jesus make this wine or this water become wine? sometimes when Jesus performed a miracle he would speak like at the tomb of Lazarus probably his greatest and most famous miracle he said Lazarus come out and Lazarus came out at other times Jesus used external means so for instance the blind man he spit and made martyred put it on his eyes and then he told the man to go wash in the pool of Siloam, the man went and washed, and came home seeing. What did Jesus use to change the water into wine? We don't hear him give a physical, uh, uh, sorry, an audible command for it to become wine we don't see him using any external means he didn't mix in anything there or use anything else visually so what did he use Jesus willed the water to become wine. didn't say anything didn't do anything externally just willed that the water became wine. And it did. So what does this teach us about Jesus' will? It teaches us that He rules all things, that His will rules all things. Even the laws of nature. According to the laws of nature, that water didn't want to become wine. You can almost imagine it speaking back to Jesus and saying, But I'm not wine. But Jesus' will would have responded, Yes, but I am God. And so the water became wine. Because Jesus simply willed it to be so now there's no way i can pull a luke skywalker on you this morning and start floating pews and you above the floor because my will is subject to the laws of nature i could stare at you and will it all i want and the law of gravity is going to hold you firmly in that pew which is going to be held firmly to the floor Our wills are subject to the laws of nature. But Jesus' will is above the laws of nature. The laws of nature are actually subject to Jesus' will. Gravity is here because Jesus wills it. If He no longer wills it, it will no longer be here. His will rules all things. Now, here's something that I want you to consider. That water turned into wine because Jesus willed it. And His will is the will of God. And yet, how often do you stand in opposition... To the will of Jesus just consider what you're doing you are opposing the very one whose will holds the world together and you are standing in defiance of the almighty maker of heaven and earth so when we think I'm going to continue to tell that lie, even though I know Jesus doesn't want me to. We're arrogantly standing against the will of God. When we choose to have sexual relationships with that person who is not our spouse, we're standing against the will of God and opposing Him. When we choose to drink that alcohol to excess and become drunk. We're standing in opposition to Jesus' will for our lives. And if that isn't crazy enough, and it is, if you really consider the magnitude of what we do when we do that, it's crazy. The absolutely insane thing is that we think those paths of opposition to God will lead to blessing and happiness. That is just flat out insane. That we think that we can oppose the will of God and that He's going to turn around and bless us, that we're going to find happiness in that pursuit. That's crazy. And it's wrong. God has clearly revealed what He will do to those who stand in opposition of His will. He will crush them. He will turn His will against them. And ultimately, He will punish them forever in hell. That's what's at stake. Jesus rules all things. His will rules all things. Not just here in time. But also hereafter in eternity. No wonder Jesus taught us to pray, Thy will be done. When Jesus taught us to pray that, He was teaching us to pray for God to change us just like that water was turned into wine, for us to be changed and be subject subject to Jesus' will. Thy will be done, Lord. Guide me. Show me the path you would have me walk. Show me the path that you will bless and in which I will find happiness. Guide me. So what is Jesus' will for you? That really, the answer to that question is really revealed in why Jesus performed the miracle. So why did Jesus turn the water into wine? I think we can say there are three reasons that Jesus did. The first is Mary asked Him to. Yes, she came to him and was maybe interfering in his work a little bit, uh, trying to be mother to him and forgetting that he was the Savior and God. And so Jesus rebuked her. But in the end, you would have to say Jesus heard a plea. He never ever said no to her. He just reminded her that I'm going to do things on my time. Then he heard her request. And miraculously provided wine. So Jesus performed this miracle because someone asked him to. I think the second reason that we can say Jesus performed the miracle is for the hosts. Now, Jewish weddings of that day typically went for seven days. You might understand then why they ran out of wine. Maybe there were more people there than what they expected. Whatever reason, it would have been embarrassing for the bridegroom to run out of wine at his wedding party. And so seeing their need, Jesus graciously provided what they were missing. But I think the third reason is the most important reason And it certainly should be the most important reason to you. In the last verse of our text, Jesus tells us that that He revealed His glory, excuse me, the text tells us that He revealed His glory and that His disciples believed in Him. The disciples saw this miracle and it caused them to trust jesus now whether they were believing in him before or not we don't know we can say after the miracle they were and maybe it was that the miracle strengthened their faith in jesus but jesus will for you is that you believe in him Now what does He want you to believe about Him? Chiefly, He wants you to believe that He lived and died in your place so that your sins are forgiven. Just think about this great will that turned water into wine. That will determinedly set out to do something else for you. Jesus was determined to live a perfect life in your place. Every breath of His human life, every heartbeat, every moment from conception until the last breath, Jesus was dedicated and determined to keep God's law in your place perfectly. And just as his will successfully turned the water into wine, his will also successfully carried God's law in your place. It was also Jesus' will that he suffer and die for you. That he himself offer the payment that your stubbornness and willful disobedience of God have deserved. Jesus willingly took that punishment into his own body. And that in itself is a greater miracle than what is before us today. That Jesus would be willing to do that. That God would be willing to suffer and die for his creatures. And that God would accept Jesus' payment on our behalf is a great miracle and wonder of God. But as certainly as the water turned into wine, this is what God has willed, and this is what God has done. So that through Jesus, you can know the will of God towards you. That it's not that you spend eternity in hell because of the way you have lived. His will is that all men might be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. All men means you. Jesus would have you read this account of His first miracle miracle, and react the same way that His disciples did. Jesus wants you to put your trust in Him. He has lived and died for you. Your sins are forgiven. Jesus even has a place already prepared for you in heaven. It is clear that it is His will to save you. And therefore it is certain that He loves you. And so you can come to Him just like Mary and present your requests. And know that He will see your needs just like He did for the host. And graciously, sometimes even miraculously, provide all that you need for body and soul. Yes, the water and the wine Reveal Jesus' glory. Look at it. See it. Behold it. So that you too can believe in Jesus, your Savior. So Jesus' first miracle, first of many, in which He demonstrated that He is the Son of God, and the Savior of the world. That He is your God and your Savior from sin. To Him be the glory, now and forever. Amen. Please stand for the blessing. (laughs) And now may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus, until life everlasting. Amen.